Welcome to the Reasonable Boy podcast. This is the Politics Podcast. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the 24-hour news cycle. It's been really difficult to think about how we relate to the information that we're given uh, via the various news channels. And thinking back about when I was a kid and we only had the news cycle, basically... On TV anyway, you had it at twelve o'clock, uh, one o'clock news, six o'clock news, ten o'clock news, and basically that was the main news cycle. Uh, obviously, on radio it's a little bit different, but even so, there was not this sort of push to have news all the time, as you might see in the say the BBC News Channel or the Sky News. And I think this is a fundamental problem we have at the moment, is that the the channels are sort of regurgitating the same news over and over again, unless something breaks, something really horrible happens or something happens. Um, but gen- generally speaking, it's a, it's a tired format, although that format, the 24-hour news format, is sort of new to this country in a certain way as opposed to America for instance but the trouble with the 24 hour news cycle is that there's not an, there's not enough actual investigation into how the news affects us and there's no not a lot of investigative reporting done at the moment and that's that's the sad thing about it. It's about explaining something that's happened. So you get this cycle where you've got a piece of news and it's repeated on the hour, every half hour, and then it might even report every 15 minutes. Or so you get that chunk of news, maybe three or four times in that hour. And realistically, what, what they do is they they talk about a particular subject and they will fill it and fill it and fill it for as long as they can and then the top of the hour comes and that's the main news as far as they're concerned every hour, top of the hour is the main news and this piece gets repeated again and again and again and people switch off from that because it's they've heard it, they don't want to hear it again so instead of saying right this is the one o'clock news for instance these are the stories, finish, and then for the next half hour we will have uh, a segment on, say, government finances. And you'll have a couple of different experts in there to discuss that. And then you may have a filmed piece for the second hour, which is still on that same subject, but maybe looking at how it affects uh, a town or a city. And then you could, and for that same segment again, for the next segment, for the next news site, uh, our third hour, you could have a similar thing again, but actually talk to real people about it. Because there's a, there's, there's, there's a, a sort of inbuilt bias to certain individuals going on a news channel and saying, oh, this is 
so-and-so, he's a professor in economics, and yes, he may be a professor in economics, but he has his own slant, or he, she has her own slant on the situation. Whereas what you want is someone who is straightforward, straight down the line, say, if, if this happens, this will happen. And I think this is the thing that we're missing at the moment, is this um, non-biased, not on, non-biased individuals talking about a specialism that they that they deal in. So, and this is the this is the catch-all sort of production methods that they're using. That it's all wound up into a nice little bow, and that's that package done, and this is this package done. But, but they repeat it over and over and over and over again, and so there's nothing new. In the, even though the news may be new, the actual production and how it's presented the person, there's nothing new. And I think we've got, and this is all driven by that. Like I said, it's 24-hour news cycle. And I think we, what we have to realise is, it's probably untenable. You know, you. We're reporting about stuff which is probably not applicable to us. Yes, if there's a disaster in some part of the world, and we had the California fires in this past few weeks, and that's been very interesting, and we've had a bit of chat about that, about global warming and how that's exacerbated the, the, the fires. But what they don't talk about so much is, if you look at that, specific news item is what you don't get the in-depth knowledge about about those fires was that it's not just global warming that caused those temperatures it was Pacific Gas and Electric the company that provides power to the to, to most of California under investing in their infrastructure and that PG&E as they're known in the US, are virtually bankrupt because of litigation against them. What I would want from a news organisation is when they're reporting that, say, this is terrible, and it is, people have lost their lives, they've lost their homes. And what I would want them to say is also is that this is why part of this is happening. Yes, there's global warming, which we can all agree which is happening. Well, most of us agree that it's happening. But they need to focus on the other part of the problem, which is the high-voltage lines that PG&E put up through the, the countryside, the hillside in, in California. And some of those can't be put underground because of the way they, they're, on, they're on solid rock. So there's not a lot they can do about that. But there was uh, a piece talking about how much... I was listening to a, to a conversation on the radio in America um, about how much it would cost to put electric, electric, electricity lines underground, as we have in this country. They go underground. To do that in, in it's something like... For 15 miles, it's something like... $700 million or something, something ridiculous, some ridiculous amount of money. And, you th- and you're thinking, you know, well, 
you know, I know it's expensive, but it can't be that expensive. You know, you, you've got to be realistic about this. And if they, if you do, and you can't put a price on people's homes and lives. And I think this is where the the conversation has to shift. And this is where I think where they're going wrong on the news cycle is why aren't they asking those questions? Why aren't they say, well, okay, it's going to cost hundreds of millions of dollars to put, say, these electricity lines underground, but we've just had they've just had five or six devastating fires. There's hundreds of properties that have been destroyed. There's about fifty people have died in 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 these fires. You can't put a price on that. And what you can't do is you got to, if they had done that, then perhaps when a high wattage power line starts arcing and sparks come off it and it hits the brush and it hits other lines if those lines had been some of those lines had been underground perhaps those communities would not have suffered and so that's a big question that they have to ask but it's it's something in which as an example they should be talking about on the news channels and so what I want is an overview of things and say, right, this is, what, this is what's happened, this is what they've done, this is what they haven't done, and then I can make my own mind up. And I think this is a problem we have in, in the mainstream media in general. They want to give us their view, their bias, whether it's the BBC, ITV, Channel 4, Sky, take any other newspapers you like they're all biased in some way and so realistically what I want is to say we need to try and take the bias out of reporting and we need to make these journalists journalists but investigative journalists um, you know to call Hugh Edwards a journalist and to Fiona Bruce or Sophie Vrega for um whoever on the BBC they're not journalists anymore they're presenters and I think this is the problem we've got there's far too many people who may have been journalists when they were young but now they become presenters and that to me is not they're no longer in that world uh, of of investigative reporting and and if they do some, some reporting it's not it's not real underground reporting about stuff about real issues. It's it's you know they very sort of lifestyleish, even in serious subjects. It's sort of lifestyleish um, stuff that they report on, and I think this is what we've got to get away from. And this is why I think we need to get away from the twenty-four hour news cycle, in that we can. Instead of pushing the same story time and time again, we say, right, we're on air from 6 o'clock in the morning. We go off air at 10 o'clock. That's it. And then in those hours, I was limited, we cut the hours down, but we, but we, we actually make it better because we then have the situation where we say, Look, all this time that you were paying money for people to present between 10 and 6, 
use that money, invest it in investigative journalism, invest it in the production of real segments that give us a better understanding of the world we live in, whether it's in the UK or whether it's in Europe or whether it's America or Asia or wherever it may be. And I think that would be far, far more productive than a 24-hour news cycle. I think radio is a little bit different because radio traditionally has been sort of a late-night companion for most people. And even there, I think we have to be really careful about, you know, when you put aside the music stations, because obviously that's a little bit different. But if you look at the station providing talk radio and what have you, then I think you have to look at maybe the phone-ins that we have and really try and make sure that I'm big on bias at the moment because of the general election. I think you've got to do something around the bias and make sure it's even. So if you had 10 people of one party phoning and only two of the other, then, I mean, you can only have people phoning who phone in. But what you can do is you could screen them before and say, look, which party do you belong to? And if one party is having more of a say than another, they can say, well, we'll, we'll put you on hold, and but we want you, the other, the other side or sides, to have a go. And you prioritise those, and then you can bring the other people in, because otherwise if you have 20 calls and 15 are from one particular party it's a little bit unfair on, on the other people. So I think you've, I think they've got to do a better job of that, of the way in which they on phonings they actually filter the people that are on there, not because I want, don't want them to talk, because I do, but I think you've really got to look at it in a way and say, well, OK, this person supports that party. He's the sixth person who supports that party on at the moment, and... We've got two people here from another party. Let's prioritise those two first before that person goes on the screen. On the phone, she'll say. And that, to me, is how fair, you're building that fairness and understanding. And, and unfortunately, if you have a phoning and then 20 people are from one party and nobody else phones in, there's not a lot you can do about that. But what you could do is there, it, it, what it should do is that the presenter who's running that show then has to be on their toes to make sure that they actually provide the alternative point of view, uh, whatever that point of view may be, so that they sort of interrogate the people, so that they, he brings out the, or she brings out the opposite side of the argument. And I think that's a very sort of delicate thing to do but I think that's what the producers are there to do. They're not just there to produce the show, the overall look of the show. They're there, to me, they're there to show balance. And I think sometimes they put that to one side, especially when there's no election going on. I think they do. They tend to put that to one side too much. And I think the only way you have trust in the programme and the people who are running the programme and the people presented the programme as if you feel that there's a balance there. And so I'm not a great fan of the 24-hour news cycle, as you can guess from what I've just said. 
and I and I know it's like harking back to the old days, the sixties and the seventies in this country, when we turned the TV off at ten o'clock during the week, sort of thing. But I do think because you had limited hours, you had, in some sense, better programming, or it seemed better. If you've got a twenty-four-hour programming now, and of course we're all changing to um, st- uh, TV on demand, where you can just go on an app and bring up whatever we want to watch. I think, in some respects, I think they're going to have to do that because we've got the new launch of BritBox the other day for BBC, ITV, Channel 4, Channel 5, putting shows on BritBox, a five or a month or thereabouts. And then you've got Netflix and then you've got Amazon Prime and then you've got a number of other different ones, you know, Disney Plus and what have you, and Apple, Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus. But the ordinary TV viewer will disappear. And so you've got to think about how, going forward, that news cycle applies to the app or the app so. BBC and iPlayer, for instance, and ITV Hub and Channel Four, Channel Five apps as well. And so I think you've, I think the it'll be interesting to see how they handle that change. Because if people aren't so much watching TV as it happens, uh, or it reduces to an extent, to you know, if everybody's not watching. BBC News at one o'clock or ITV News or whatever or Channel 4 News they've still got to get the news from somewhere and so it's probably even more important that these segments of understanding the various issues go on the app so that you can say BBC News has done a piece about global warming and the fires in California We'll put that on as a news stroke documentary. We can then think about how we use the airtime on the BBC then, and I'm sure, I, I'm sure ITV, Channel 4, Channel 5 and Sky have been thinking on the same lines because their the audience will diminish over time on the live broadcast. And so I think it's more and more important that we have, that they get a handle on the way in which we have our information presented to us. So I think the 24-hour news cycle is on its last legs, I think. And it's probably about time it was ended and because of the new technology that's coming along. So... That's all for now, and uh, stay tuned for another episode. Cheers. Bye.